If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Today's episode of The Friend Zone is also brought to you by Talkspace. Talkspace is the online therapy company that wants you to know that therapy doesn't have to break your bank. It can and should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Over 500,000 people have used Talkspace to talk to their own hand-picked licensed therapist, and you can too. To sign up or to learn more, go to Talkspace.com forward slash zone or use the Talkspace app and enter coupon code zone to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Support for The Friend Zone comes from Aptive. For fitness you'll look forward to, there's no better option than Aptive. Aptive is more than the average fitness app. It's a unique fitness experience that's working to redefine the way people work out by combining the motivational guidance of a trainer with amazing music you love, not canned royalty-free tracks. Aptive even offers health kit integration so you can track your progress and access all your workout data in the health app. Just go to Aptive. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com to get started and get a 30-day trial when you sign up for a monthly subscription using the promo code friendzone welcome to the friend zone every time i'm in the zone my name is dustin i'm francesca also known as hey friend hey my name is asante this is the friend zone let's start the show i'm in the zone you gonna do both at the same time yeah Okay then. Me and the Rizza connect. Uh. Me and the Rizza connect. Uh. <laughs> Me and the Rizza connect. Uh. Me Ooh. and the Rizza connect. What the fuck is wrong with T-Bys and Chili? Ooh. Now I see how the Lady Peppers took your Millie. <laughs> she sounds so chilly. Baby, what's the dilly? <laughs> and by set you up, look higher than the ceiling. Silly. Wig had peeling before I beginning. Uh-huh. Let me just say, in the 90s, y'all was illin'. Yeah. Left eye feeling uh-huh. the spot that can't be. Yeah. Unless it's less than she. And her and her only. And y'all is D-U-M to the B. And as you can see, it was all chilly. All lives matter. Nigga, just splatter. I don't even want to hear your fucking chit chatter. And for that matter, your trash was flatter <laughs> than magic, like abracadabra. Let's go, Asante. Me and the Rizza connect. Me 
and there is a connection. Scrub is a guy that thinks he's fine. That's also known as a buster. buster. Speaking of busters, TLC, you three bitches is done with me. <laughs> I almost said three, but it's only just two. The one I want, she said, I do Ooh, to the Lord. Hey. Yeah, she's gone RIP. <laughs> oh. I wish she was back repping for the city of hey. the ATL ANTA. That's where I'm from. Yeah, I was just back, but now I'm from the NYC with the friend zone. And we beatbox to watch the throne. Cause we up in this bitch and on the phone, on your podcast. Or your ringtone. Huh. We ain't leave you alone. You uh-huh. thought we was double. We still on your phone. And I am aroused. My shit is on bone. And I'm just playing because friends in the room. Welcome to the friend zone, everybody. You're weekly looking Damn, at all second, I thought she was about to give a good little chorus of her. Like, oh, hey, we on the phone. Hey, hey. you tuned in the friend zone. Uh-huh. Like a little, uh, like an old school hip hop diddy bop. Like if we was like. The Teen Summit, and I'm that was like it. an intro song. Can I'm we talk it. about your coordination skills? Okay, you Ooh. was hitting it. You how you how you beatboxing, rapping? Multi talent. <laughs> that was Y'all dope. Funny. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Friend Zone. Your weekly look, <laughs> and I mean look through the eyes of Tamika Tiny Harris. A look <laughs> oh my into God. all things mental health. Before the surgery or after the surgery? After, duh. <laughs> Anyway, your weekly look at all things mental health, mental mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because when they go low, we go high, even when we talk about gene. So who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't. Do I you, don't. Fran? No. I know you don't. You never have. <laughs> I don't even think Fran could have one if she wanted to. All I know is you said go high, and I'm up there, okay? Okay. We're up there. <laughs> up there, up there. Shout out to Project Pat. <laughs> I love Project Pat's music. I always have ever since um, the Getty Green album. I wish Project Pat and I wish actually there was a Project Pat? Mafia female. He protege. actually came out with a, um, an album about oh, two like, years ago. Yes. Yeah, Asante. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Asante we played have... the shit out of Mr. Good. Don't Play too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Everything's <laughs> working. Hell yeah. I don't see Oh yeah, baby. We, we had like a moment Yes, we did. When that it Project Pat came out, Asante was like, uh, did you listen to that new Project Pat? I you said, know, <laughs> Ask me that question tomorrow. I was going to tell you what else is. I was going to listen to, but we'll save that for the Music Man segment, okay. actually. Because I actually, you told me to listen to somebody last week, and I did. Oh, But we'll get there when we get there. You know what I'm saying? For right now, we right here. Let's get to what we get into. How friend. are you, You're friend? looking great on today. I'm I mean, that good. tan is staying, sticking and sticking. Okay. Do you see this? You have, you have volumes as a black woman now. <laughs> it's going into week three. Yes. I'm so happy. <laughs> Because I'll be Mission in Jamaica three, in two weeks. Three, <laughs> that means all your swimsuits are going to look so good because you already sun-kissed. <laughs> I got to buy white swimsuits. You know how white looks so good with tan skin. <laughs> On everything, like all jokes aside, Drea got some dope-ass swimsuits. Yes. Have you seen that oh, mid swim? I have, I have, have yeah. Like, for, like, My homegirl Tara be wearing them. Tara, Tara would. She's you so should, fine. You know, you know I would. love Tara. She's so I couldn't sweet. even be mad when she showed them to me. She was like, yeah. how do you think I'm looking at this? I was like, you know what? She probably you was flawless to. in that shit. She was. She Drea, showed up for like, the snack. That, those that. clothes and she even got a line called um fag booger and that's where she lost me. Uh, she lost me a fag <laughs> you say booger Butter. beige and cocoa beige that's the name of the line beige and cocoa beige and cocoa mm-hmm. and the clothes are actually dope cardi b's been in like some of the shit you know cardi b is like on her fashion tip heavy right now oh cardi yeah, b been looking yeah, yeah. stylist now. now i'm just glad that they are really yeah i'm glad that they really reining it in <laughs> and putting it together right cuz for a right. while i was like i see what you're doing girl but you don't need this much attention when it comes to clothes <laughs> love you all the more cardinal b not mm-hmm. cardinal <laughs> i call somebody farty b on twitter today <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, oh, whatever, Farty B. <laughs> oh, my God. So Dustin was being uh, honored today for his rompers. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yes, it is. And yes, it is. He never took his hand off me. <laughs> never. For all of my life, I've been traveling lately from plane to plane. God never took his hand off me. And today, I got my just due when it came to my wearing jumpsuits. I just want to say, all <gasps> oh, this romper, schmomper talk, don't nobody want to Romp hear him. It's Mom, a bro. goddamn jumpsuit. I don't care if the pantalones are long or short. <laughs> it is a jumpsuit. That's what it's called. And it's nothing new. We've been doing it for years. This ain't nothing new. Yes. Yes. What's up? Everybody that know me can tell. I mean, they, the people that know. I don't know you, Phaedra. <laughs> okay? The people that know me okay. know that jumpsuits are a staple in my wardrobe. They are, absolutely. Like Mavis. Black absolutely. Black <laughs> staple like Mavis. I'll take you there. I tell you, I saw her in concert. You saw Mavis Staples in concert? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Fred, how, it was a good show too, was wasn't incredible. it? incredible. I know you got all your life. It was, it was a surprise that someone took me and I was like, <laughs> this is the best staple. surprise ever. <laughs> you were pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, so <laughs> I knew you would like that one, Dustin. Did she have Ooh. choreo? She did. Ooh. She had dancers and everything. Let me what? find out Mavis been working with um, Lorianne. Oh, okay, boom, okay. cack. Okay. <laughs> no, Mavis. It's a boom and a cack. Live, Mavis, live. And if anyone knows, it's you. <laughs> You've now, you been know, here. Lorianne used to give me all of the sound oh, bites God. I needed in my entire yeah, life. She lost her damn mind. Come what on, happened love. to Lorianne? What you mean? Oh, and I started looking and acting she, weird. Like, well, her name for a minute was Charlie something or some shit. And I, I don't, don't know what know. she was doing. She just, but do you remember when she came out back in the day and she was looking like Fergie? Because it was like her and two other girls dancing. She had one song. What? She had a song? She's had like a, a single? Stop. Asante, you know what? cut it you out. You know what? I'm going to stop right now, and we're going to say this to the music man. <laughs> okay, good. Look it up right As now. you look it up. Oh, my God. No. I think Lady Gaga was talking to her when she said, just dance. Okay. <laughs> look, you know she was, was talking to right Ann Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> right. Her, boom. Cack. Like, Can you, know, you imagine if Lorianne and Royce, did, Royce Reed did some Finish choreo it. together? Like, oh my, they wouldn't make it out alive. They wouldn't. I don't, I'm going to go all the way left if we're going to do this. I'm just not. Because Lorianne has hits for years for me. And they she would have hits on TV each other. Show. They would have hits on each other if they danced in the same room. That would, that's off. It would look like fencing. If Lorianne and Royce Reed was dancing in the same room together. That's some violently aggressive choreo. Oh, Lord. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Friend. Well, I'm going to try to let you have it. Uh, all right. Well, let's jump in. Let's jump in. On last week's show, mm-hmm. Dustin shared a story with us about yes. an old coworker um, struggling with homophobia and just the hostile work environment that he created for Dustin and their coworkers involved in. A lot of you had a lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? I want to give a shout out to Nicole Carrington, who emailed into the show. The subject is, thank you, Dustin. I just want to say a quick thank you to Dustin for your word on hostile work environments last week. Been dealing with that shit with one coworker who, in the name of friend, would have me huddled up at my desk, crystals in one hand, passion flower tea in the other, and lavender wafting from my cubicle just to prepare myself for our interactions. I hear that. Now I've realized I'm just going to have to clock her business style. 
So, Nicole, I'm just glad that, you know, that you have the battery in your back now to clock your coworkers on a daily basis, okay? Uh-oh, on a petty the, note. Look, give <laughs> them the extra hi, hello, how you doing on today. And whenever they miss an opportunity to be great, you go on ahead and put that battery in their back to be better when you're correcting them on shit. <laughs> that's so just funny. the best way to do it, embarrassing them and shit, but as long as you're doing it the right way. Fran, what did you find over there in the SoundCloud Fran, comments? Um, illogical Perspectives, deep name. Uh, said, this actually happened to me recently. I gave a guy my number, and he said things that made me no longer want to communicate with him. When I asked him to stop contacting me, he then started with fat slurs. And I wanted to respond, but there was a piece of me that didn't want to give him the satisfaction. I felt a greater victory by not giving him the energy for an argument that he expected. And I feel mm. that. I was actually just having a similar conversation with Maya where we were saying how silence and ignoring someone sometimes is so lethal. (laughs) It's great. It is so lethal, especially when someone expects to get a rise out of you or they kind of know what buttons to push. Nothing puts someone in their place than them seeing that they have no effect on you. Especially when you give them like a real simple look. Because then they're like, yeah, you over there looking stupid and shit. And it's like, no, you're over there acting stupid and shit. (laughs) But I don't got to say that. Right. And meanwhile, (laughs) you're sitting there and bothered tapping your foot like... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? What'd you find in these Twitter streets? Well, in these streets. Um, anyways, <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout out to the students, um, the graduates of Bethune Cookman, um, class oh, of 2017. True. I hey. saw that. Yeah, who literally said, Back at E back, don't talk back to Betsy, um, uh, whatever what's her name? Davos, Devos, Demos. <laughs> Demons, Betsy Demons, whoever her name is. I love the <laughs> fact that they Devos. turned their entire back on her and stuck their fist in the air like they didn't care because they didn't. <laughs> and shout out to that coon-ass uh, dean or whoever, president or whoever the fuck he was. Didn't he get man, reprimanded? The man on the quad. Yeah. He, he looked like the man from the quad on BT. <laughs> but shout out to, to his dumb ass talking about some, if you keep this behavior up, your degrees will be mailed. Which is stupid because your degrees get mailed anyways. Right. They don't like, give them to you on stage. That's what I yelled at the screen like like when um, <laughs> Bernadine was waiting on like, I'm waiting to exhale and she was like, you the motherfucking improper influence. <laughs> that's how I yelled, they mailing them anyway. <laughs> at the screen when I saw that. So shout out to that. Um, I also. <laughs> and I was amazed too. And obviously, you know, you can't force anyone to do anything. But so many of the students... We're just sitting there. You have worked your ass off for like four years. Would you have gotten up? Come on. <laughs> you said that looked I would have went into the I, I would have went to the front of the auditorium and turned my ass around. Like that's y'all ever heard that song? It's like a dance song. They'd be like, turn that ass around. <laughs> y'all ever heard it? Shout out to everybody from Detroit that knows that song, Turn That Ass Around. That's the homework. If you can find that booty song, they call it booty music in Detroit. That is that's if you can like find that song music. called Turn That Ass Around, tweet us. Make but I would have turned around so fast. Like, are you crazy? I done worked my ass off for four years, figured out how to pay for this schooling, done all these things, and you gonna bring your uh, just gifted this position ass up in here talk gonna talk to inspire me to do what Insulting. and you part of the Trump shit please you already know yeah um anyway so shout out to them um I also would love to give a shout out to I mean and this right here is like a doozy for me shout out to Sean A Watkins uh, his Twitter handle is at S-E-A-N-I-E-B-O-Y-Y number six this number six so shiny boy six. <laughs> 
him and his friends, it says, recreated the friend's own pod photo oh, to celebrate one. my brother at M. Watts 08 getting oh, his masters so today. Oh, that was so cool because it was perfect. Yes, yes, and they completely recreated the artwork for our show. <laughs> Even the lab. That. The Asante lab was too cute. This, I mean, it is literally And she perfection. did my arm on your shoulder. Uh-huh. Shout out to you guys. Congratulations on getting your masters in Watts 08, especially since you was me in the picture. Um, and this is just, I'm just, I like, this really made my day. So cute. thank you guys for that so much i also want to give a quick shout out to at vince underscore aries um who tweeted he tweeted listening to my man by tamar braxton will have you like this and it's a picture of a girl beating up another woman <laughs> and the aggressor is me and the uh, girl getting beat up is the stepmother now if you've been watching the braxton family values and you know the story behind tamar's new single my man which is available now on all formats you will yes. understand why that picture sent me to the floor. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like on the floor crying. Um, and then I just want to give one last shout out to, first of all, everybody who looked up that French song that I told the listeners about oh, last week. Oh, it was week. so good. I you meant to tell it, you. I really did. And so many people that listened to the show actually looked it up and The album it. was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, see, and friends. Of friends course. <laughs> of course, I had to okay. listen to the album. But what's she really about? <laughs> Let me see. So, but shout all out to all of them. This Twitter uh, user, Cynthia Manic at C-M-A-N-I-C-K, tweeted, Friends on Pod and Look at Dustin, that song by Andilla or whatever her name is, is amazing. I don't speak French, but I'm at work like. And she had the gif, which was a clip of Michael Jackson <laughs> from the MJ. We Are the World video, <laughs> singing into the mic with the headphone and glasses on like he was blind. <laughs> and so that just was hilarious. When y'all are funny, you're funny. And I see you. I know how you think. I know how you play the game. <laughs> And I love it. So that's what I found in these streets, friend. Dope. Y'all ready to jump into this week's topic? Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. So on one of the stops on my wellness tour, it was actually day one of the Atlanta stop. <laughs> we, of course, right? How convenient. We uh, had an amazing conversation that came up about personal boundaries. Soft boundaries, hard boundaries, not having boundaries at all, and just all the ways that that affects your life in business, personal relationships, like friendships, romantic, your your family, your friends. And it was just such a profound conversation because it's something that I don't think we think about too much, but it has such an it makes such an impact on your day, how people treat you. So I thought, you know, obviously I'll share some of the the topics that came up during that conversation. But it made me wonder. I'm like, oh, we haven't discussed that on the friend zone. And I feel like that's a a really interesting thing to kind of start deconstructing. I was curious to hear about you guys. Um, If you guys have boundaries, do you think that they're clear? Do you enforce them? Do you not enforce them? Do you make exceptions for who it gets enforced <laughs> with? <laughs> you know, how honest are you with with uh, what those boundaries look like? And for let me actually define it for those, you know, we got to go friend zone style. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I shit legit. When you're talking about boundaries, you know, I got to make sure you're not talking about like if Bow. that bitch is going to try to put her motherfucking leg on me on the train. I mean, that's boundaries. 
So they mean I can whoop her ass? Oh, we're not talking about that part of boundaries. <laughs> not yet. So personal oh, boundaries. Yeah, I, like I like that. Personal we'll boundaries <laughs> are, right. Uh, personal boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that a person creates to identify reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave towards them and how they will respond when someone passes those limits. They are built out of a mix of beliefs, opinions, attitude, past experiences and social learning um yeah so that's basically the gist of what personal boundaries are so who wants to share first asante or dustin what are your personal first let's start with what are your personal boundaries what are things that are like hard nose that you just like no i don't like sharing food with strangers um all of those things (laughs) Okay, so the concept of boundaries, so interestingly enough, only became important to me a few years ago when I started to say to myself, um, "How much are you gonna take? Like, you know, how how are you? How much are you gonna? How long are you gonna let people treat you a certain way until you say something, mm-hmm. or you just define what it is that's going on and like make a plan towards getting it gone, right?" So I had to look at like, well, what's happening, and it's like, okay, you're the one that actually dictates how this is set up. Like, when people are touching you, you can actually say, hey, stop touching me or don't touch me, and, like, that's okay. Right. But then it's just, it become, it became hard for me to set boundaries in a personal sense because uh, I think about boundaries for strangers, like, those are clearly defined. Like, I try to be um, a really nice guy with manners, but I try to be an asshole, too, because I don't want you to think you can walk all over me when it comes to strangers. Right. Unless I'm in settings where I just think, okay, there's nothing here that I feel like can harm me in this space, so I'm just completely positive and open to the experience. But now that we're kind of like in different lights, it's hard to set those boundaries with strangers um, because I never want to be read wrong. But then I have to go back on my programming for how to deal with my friends even on setting those boundaries. So I try to like reprogram myself accordingly to how things make me feel. So my boundaries are all to set like my like emotional safety if you will like if it's not really if it's taking me too far outside my emotions i really have to examine what it is about that and say no i'm not doing that or this is okay and tackle it head on so yours is more intuitive very like you kind of just like "Mm, this doesn't feel right i try to make myself really easy to read like even with my friends like if i don't understand something i try to look confused like i don't try but like just (laughs) naturally because I, I don't want to hide anything because I feel like we all can have good conversation and interaction if we're all being open and honest. Like, if I don't know something, I don't know. But I also have to rework the boundaries on how much of those emotions that I'm putting off can be crossing other people's boundaries as well. True. So that's another thing that I'm going to... That's gonna, the tricky part. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to <clears throat> boundaries, I don't know how to set them. It's just like, you know, we feel it out sometimes and... Other times, I do know that it's okay to be like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) What about you, Dustin? You know, boundaries are a funny thing for me, right? Because I'm constantly, like, in conflict internally when it comes to boundaries. And it's so weird because I grew up in a very um, structured, um, religious household, right? So there were certain things that were just out of the question. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of things that I wanted to do, and I sort of built up a resentment to boundaries and rules in general. Right. Mm-hmm. And so except safety, don't nobody argue with safety rules like, you know, you're going to stand behind the yellow line. now. <laughs> but outside of that, you know, like rules and boundaries right. and shit, it just doesn't work for me. And it's a trigger to those memories of wanting to be able to do certain things and being told that I cannot. 
and not really fully understanding why or agreeing mm. with the fact that I could not or feeling like it was unreasonable. So I'm challenged with that. But I also happen to be a person who my my personality and shit, like the way that I am, y'all know I have very clearly defined boundaries you when it comes to certain do. stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought and of so, you actually when I was thinking yeah. about this topic. <laughs> and so I'm like, As the kids kinda, are clear. What kind of intersection is that? Like, nigga, you hate boundaries, but but yours is defined. Damn it! You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I hate boundaries I except to, for these ones right here. So being balanced is something that I'm challenged with, you know, trying to attain on a daily basis, right? I work hard to be balanced. As far as, as how I determine my personal boundaries, um, they're usually uh, motivated by or inspired by just respect or, or disrespect in general. Right. Um, that's a very important thing to me. Um, I don't, I, I try my best to not be um, intentionally and willfully disrespectful to other people without mm-hmm. reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I have a hard time accepting it when people are that way towards me and I react every time, right? Right. I'm just getting better at finessing it into, you know, being funny with it or whatever. Now, instead of, like, giving it that negative gas, I'll just start cracking jokes so everybody can have a good time and turn lemons into lemonade. (laughs) So that's where I'm at with, like, my personal boundaries. I also, because I'm so um, anchored by the importance of respect, I respect everybody else's personal boundaries too. I'm a person who is a lot. I like to be loud and laugh or, you know, I like to keep the joke going. Sometimes people don't be feeling like all that, you know what I'm saying? So I'd be dialing back a lot. Mm. Like I respect everybody's personal boundaries. I have friends from all different walks of life. And that's been very important to me because I grew up, like I said, in an environment that was very strict and regimented and there wasn't a lot of mixing and mingling and shit going on. Right. And so now I'm so proud of the fact that I have such a diverse group of friends. I mean like real friends too, not people I hang out with and know. Right. Like my friends are completely different from me and from each other mm-hmm. and so, everybody's really tolerant of everybody else's shit and their boundaries. So... I hate boundaries, but I got them. Right. <laughs> okay. And I'm actually, I'm glad you brought up. <clears throat> so yours are more respect based. Yeah, and Asante, yours are more just intuitive. Like you feel them out. You will know. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought up the childhood aspect. Mm-hmm. Because one of the biggest topics, no, of course, not. we no, always have to no, take it not, back. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, listen. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Your face. So, um... At the wellness retreat, what came up was where do boundaries come from as far as how we define them? The stork, like baby. <laughs> <laughs> and a big part that came up, obviously, was our parents. I feel like they're the. Full up some shit. <laughs> no, no. It's actually really, really good for us to look at because your parents, uh, and this was something that Haas, shout out to my girl Haas, that Haas brought up where she was like, your parents are the first boundary breakers. So when you're young, you know, you're still kind of figuring out, like, how do I define myself? Even when you're little, like, you, you're trying to figure out even the terrible twos. You're like, no, no, it's everything mm-hmm. because you're trying to find your boundaries as a kid. And then it kind of keeps evolving as you're older in different chapters of your life. But you got to remember your parents are always the first ones to cross it. Kids are meant to be seen, not heard. Shut up. Who are you talking to? Don't back talk. I don't care how you feel. You know, like it was always very clear that what you were feeling, like for you, your boundaries are intuitive. But if someone's telling you you're not allowed to feel that 
or you're a child, so it doesn't matter because, you you know, your parents' word is your parents' word. Or like Dustin's saying, uh, the boundaries that were set for him as a kid, he didn't like how they felt, but he had no choice. That was the boundary that was set socially, religiously for the household, and that was that. You know, so it's like you start to... That's why we are so easy to create these soft boundaries that get walked on a little bit or we kind of don't harden them. I'm not really fully sure how to make them stronger and more defined because our parents allowed us to be walked on, you know, walked over mm-hmm. for our whole lives practically. And that's pretty much everyone's parents. I'm, I'm sure. so sick of parents. <laughs> And I'm sure there's some really great parents. Obviously, we can't make a blanket statement that every parent yeah, is like right. that. I'm, I'm sure. Amazing yeah, some modern, you know, more progressive parents that are willing to hear their kids out, that aren't afraid to admit if they did something wrong and will even apologize to their kids, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool and different. Mm-hmm. You know, because parents have have this thing of being high and mighty. But I think when you show that you don't necessarily get everything right and you made a mistake that actually creates a healthier boundary for the kid because the kid feels like he has rights. Right. You know what I mean? And that's something that I don't think parents uh, dabble in too much. Um, so I think those are the first boundary breakers. So we grow up, you know, not necessarily enforcing them. Like I know for me, when I started examining my boundaries, my issue is I'll clearly set them, but I won't follow through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll tell you, you know, I don't like when you do this. And then, okay, so, and, (laughs) and then they do it again. (laughs) And I don't have a follow-up to say, and now I'm removing myself. No, I'll keep telling you over and over, but what what exactly does that enforce? It's like in relationships, when you tell someone, I don't like when you do X, Y, and Z, it makes me feel unsafe. But then you continue to allow yourself to stay in that unsafe situation and they continue to repeat the the behavior. So where's the boundary? That's a soft boundary you've created with no enforcement. And I, that's something that I had to come to terms with, with boundaries that I am not an enforcer. I just I'm a talker. See, when I started thinking about or like examining my boundaries way back, I had to even like look at the difference between setting boundaries and like having standards Versus standards being unreasonable. Mm -hmm. And then I just felt like I became hopeless at some point because I was kind of like, all right, I think this is kind of starting to become like like me setting boundaries and people always breaking them. It's kind of like this is redundant. So why am I even doing this? Like letting people kind of walk all over that and almost like I guess took me back to a child. When it was just kind of like I would be saying stuff or be there, and then it's like it meant but it nothing. doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why even having arguments with people sometimes they'll be, oh, well, you just said that, and I'll just be like, didn't even carry, didn't carry any weight then, didn't carry any weight to you before we got to this point. Arguing with you now, it's not carrying any weight. Like I'm so uninterested in things because I tried to like set those previous boundaries, and then it's like they got trampled over. So it's like I was told my my feelings were meaningless. Do you think you guys have clear boundaries with your friends? Like, are your friends aware of how they can and can't talk to you or things they can and can't do around you? You know, like, do you think you've set clear boundaries with them? Or is it kind of blurry and you kind of allow yourself to get walked on sometimes and you kind of let it slide and maybe say something once in a while, but then don't really enforce it? 
don't have any <laughs> kind of problems space. with my friends. I don't have any kind of problems. I don't be getting into it with my friends. So it's I, all clear. Yeah, I feel like our boundaries are clear. I feel like everybody knows how, everybody knows, my my friends know my heart. They know what kind of person I am. And they know where I'm coming from when we're dealing with each other. And it may not be something that you understand at the time or ever or whatever, but you know that I'm not trying to harm you or even aware that I am, you know, offending you. And you know that if you let me know, I will own up to that and, and like, fix that and move forward. So I don't, I feel like our boundaries are clear. I'm very well aware of my friends' boundaries and I do my damn best to respect them. And I force everybody that we come into contact with to respect them too. And I also, well, that's it. What you say, I say. I'm a doormat, you know, and not to even sound like a, a victim or no shit, but like when it's, when it's my friends or people that I feel like I've led into my circle, and maybe this is something, this is a lesson I need to learn before like I commit or whatever, but, <laughs> um, but the reason I do it is because I think like maybe somewhere, you know, I'm trying to search for the, 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 the root of the cause, friend, but there's something about when your friends do something to you that always just is, I'm always like, oh, that, that's your friend. Like, they'll come back around on that. And, like, not even on big stuff. Like, it'll be, like, little stuff. And in my mind, it's like, well, you never set the boundary that this was. I'm trying to think of a good example, but it's, like, little shit. That's why I don't think it holds any weight. But sometimes, depending on what it could be, things might build up. But for the most part, because I've set, like, intuitive boundaries, I think um, people just know. Like, for the most part, my close friends, the people that I'm friends with, they know me, like they know my boundaries. So like we've been friends for so long because our like energy they can kinda... read them. Yeah, and so because I have those friends that I like that they can read me for the most part. That's why when those few times I feel like walked over or whatever, it's kind of like, did they really break my boundary or was this something that was going on with them today and it wasn't even about me? So should I even recalculate how I'm operating or how I'm looking at things? And then I have to fall into that other conversation. Well, does this fall into ableism? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because you're letting something slide. Or does it really just fall into you're not really that interested in dissecting something that somebody else is going through because it's ta- it's affecting you in a way it shouldn't because it's not even about you. Right. And I think one of, one, two, one of the conversations that came up that I loved was that someone said, the problem is if you don't enforce the boundary early, if you enforce it later, people kind of look at you like a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, sorry, you know, like now you're trying to be all like, you know, they hit you with the excuse me. Like, <laughs> you'd be like, you excuse, bitch. Don't a, do it again. Right. And a lot of the women were <laughs> like saying, he was going at it with Tammy. She was like, you know what? Actually, I do. I did have something to say. And then Tammy was like, see, after all the time, when I asked you yesterday, not asked. Right. <laughs> but they, it was brought up like in relationships. You know, let's say you let things slide for so long and then one day you just are done. You want to set a boundary. How is that person going to respect it if you've let it slide all this time and now suddenly you've decided that this is a new boundary for you? And I think what people are forgetting is that you have the right. You have the right to decide from one day to the next Mm -hmm. that you no longer want to accept X, Y, and Z. And that is what a boundary is. And I think we forget the power that we have. And what the conversation turned into on the tour was taking your power back from all the people who aren't, who are, who you think aren't willing to 
work around that. And a lot of the times if someone doesn't want to, you know, abide by your new boundary, guess what? That's a red flag. Why would you have someone in your life that's saying to you, I don't care that this is going to make you feel safe? (laughs) You know what I mean? Whether it's a partner, a, a family member. And that was one of the you know, soft ones too, where people are like, how do you set boundaries with family? Mm -hmm. But I have learned that I set them very clearly. And if you don't abide by it, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And I, and I think this whole blood is thicker than water thing that we tend to get rammed down our heads all the time. And I don't really abide by that anymore because I think my safety comes first. And if you aren't down to provide that for me, I don't really care if you're a family member. You get cut off. (laughs) (laughs) Out. O-W-T. Ronnie. And I think another thing that is of note, there has to be some accountability when it comes to like claiming something as a boundary for you. Absolutely. There are people who abuse the idea of having personal boundaries and they use it as a cop out. Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, that's a boundary for me or whatever. And they know they're full of shit. And it's so disrespectful because it takes the... It, it cheapens the, even the words, you know what I'm saying? Personal boundaries. That should mean something when it's right, said. Right. It's not something that you can immediately just, you know, attribute some disagreement to. Oh, well, that was a personal boundary for me or whatever. It's not something that should be taken lightly, you know, because you ain't finna have me in no corner talking about, well, that was a boundary for me. Right. Or you in a manipulative and you way. You just don't like what happened. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I so feel you. You have to like, and so you, like, I can't just, just because I don't like something, I, I can't say that that's a boundary for me. Because if I could, if I could build that wall, okay, <laughs> when I tell you my personal. I, 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 Personal boundary. Personal boundary. That's it. And that was another question that came up where a young lady said, how do I know the difference between a boundary and a wall? And I was like, ooh, that is tough. Because if you're dealing with a Democrat or a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Because a wall, and what I said to her um, was that for me... For me... A boundary is clearly set for me to thrive. And it comes from me understanding what makes me feel good. Yes. A wall, I can always tell, is very strongly charged by negativity. Mm. So it's usually based on an experience, a trigger, something that happened, some kind of like flashback, you know, where you're charged. I feel charged, like emotionally charged. So if I feel emotionally charged where I almost feel this like get back alert you know then that to me is a wall and it's based on fear negativity triggers very fear-based so that to me is how I distinguish one is based on thriving and feel good and one is based on old stories and fear and you know obviously knocking down walls is a whole other episode but (laughs) for me setting boundaries um <laughs> like for me <laughs> for me with you know relationships I've made it very clear that I am not raising anyone that's a boundary for me and that's not a wall that's just something that I know I'm thri- I need to thrive the level that I'm at with the work that I've done on myself the consciousness that I've developed and I'm still cultivating on a daily basis I cannot date someone who I would have to step out of everything I'm cultivating to reach back and pull them into their own work. I'm not doing that anymore. So that's a boundary for me in a relationship. 
if I meet you and I like you and I see that 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 doesn't connect, that's a no, a hard no. And that's not a wall. That's me creating that so that I can thrive. So I think that's the difference. A wall is me being like, I'm not getting married, (laughs) you know, because that's based on fear, based on me being afraid to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. So those are the two ways that I look at which is which. And I think it's time that people kind of start looking at their boundaries. Even with my friends, remember I told you when my friend called me on my birthday to like vent and, yes, and she know, didn't even realize. Birthday just to do that. <laughs> just to, just to relive your birthday. But I haven't even talked to you about nothing. And, and I made her, too expensive and I made you. a boundary. <laughs> oh, right. Cause I wasn't here. <laughs> and I made a clear boundary with her that day where I was like, I don't want to just be a friend that you vent to. I would like to know the good things that are happening in your day. I would like for you to be more attentive to, for our conversations to be more balanced because I'm not a dump truck. And that was a boundary that I created with my friendship so that it wouldn't be one-sided and so that I wouldn't be that friend that people only call when they have problems. That's right. So those are clear boundaries. And I think, you know, if... And someone was like, well, what if people don't respect them? Like, well, you shouldn't have people in your life that don't respect your boundaries. No matter who it is. No matter who it is. Really clearly. Even my mom, when she would call me to vent about the family gossip... And I would be like, Mom, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and now she now and it's funny now because she'll tell people I can't even call her to tell her about nothing. <laughs> she cuts me off and makes me feel guilty like I'm a gossiper. And it's like funny now. But she's it's, I made it clear. If you call me, I don't want to know the family business. I don't care what my aunt said or what my aunt did or what my uncle's doing. I don't care. It has nothing to do with my day. <laughs> It's not something I'm interested in discussing when we call. Boundaries, very clear. And what that does is it's a, it allows your day to be to go the way you need it to go for you to have a better day. And that's what boundaries are about. So you have to kind of know what to set with your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partners, even at work. Me and Dustin have discussed boundaries with business. Mm-hmm. We sure have. Yeah. Friend gave me the keys, keys, keys. <laughs> okay. When it came to setting some boundaries as far as what I was willing to um, consider, even when it came to opportunities, she really helped me with how to determine what would be a worthwhile opportunity for me um, and what would really be enriching for me moving forward. Yeah. And I was so grateful to you. I, I always tell you that because it really did change like the trajectory of things for me and, and the decisions that I made. And that's the good way to say how she told me what she told me. <laughs> but, uh, you really did. And, I, and once I set those boundaries, the clarity that came thereafter was, um, it was just non-negotiable. You literally organized my inbox and you didn't even realize it. <laughs> so I was so grateful for that. And the importance of it, I saw immediately once I saw what began to be, you know, my opportunities. Right. How it was received. Yeah. And I think with business, especially because what this all comes down to, whether it's business, personal, is is your self-worth, your self-esteem. And once I like the conversation me and Justin had about brands, how they approach you, they try to lowball you. They try to be like, oh, this would be great for exposure. And you have to understand your worth. You have to understand your value, what you bring to the table. If someone is reaching out to you is because you have something they need. And understanding that power dynamic and not letting yourself speak from a lower place of I need to work with them and instead speak from a place of you hit me. So this is my rate and it's non-negotiable. 
and not feeling guilty, not letting people be like, oh, it's too much or, you know, and I think that transcends in all ways, knowing your worth in relationships. That's why I think now I'm so proud of myself, the older I am. Like, I am not going to take the same shit. Oh, my God. I'll, you know what I started watching? Have you ever watched Sex in the City? The, Back in the day. I have the I have The, the, the box set. set. Okay, so this is funny. I loved that show when I was a teenager. Okay, laptop, I named it Carrie. Mm. <laughs> Are you serious? That's really cute. <laughs> I named all of my things. Somebody that is so damn cute. Carrie. So I watched that show. When did it come out? Like in 98. Yes. This is a long time ago. I was still... And I think Still I was entering. Okay. <laughs> I was in high school when it came out. So I watched it all through high school and towards the, I guess, first couple years of college. Totally different mind, uh, headspace, self-worth, self-esteem. I don't even know how I related to those girls because they were like 35 <laughs> and not, you know, our lives didn't parallel in any way. But it was such good show, such a good show. But now I started rewatching it now that I'm 35 and I actually am their age. And it's so interesting how it's a completely different oh show. Oh, my God. It is a completely different show. Like the shit that they are allowing themselves to be put through. <laughs> And, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, when I was younger, <laughs> I thought these women were, like, incredible. And now I'm sitting here like, this is a hot mess. <laughs> Carrie is a mess. Well, what if, what if, <laughs> what, go with me here, you watched the show, so it gave you some programming to make them boundaries <laughs> beforehand. No, so but you, you know what the thing about... Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said, go with Ooh, me. your hands all the way over here. <laughs> but the thing about that show... <laughs> the thing about that show is that all of them lacked boundaries completely. And it amazed me how even in shows and media and things that we watch and kind of absorb and take in the lack of boundaries is fed to us. And mm-hmm. and hear me out. I'm not saying, I'm not one of those people that's like, rap raised my children and you're all role no, models. the shows that we love and I don't want to name them because I don't want them to be seen as negative. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All of those shows, you almost get conditioned that that's okay to deal with like relationships you know, some days I'm some days I'm <laughs> no, you <didn't. laughs> I'm just saying but you know I was watching it now and I was like holy shit like Carrie and Big like that's a terrible story and I wanted him to make it so bad oh I hated my everybody God. she ever dated he is, but he's so toxic I know have you watched it recently though I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, really listen. Trust me. Visit. Watch it now at your age now. You will be like, this fuck big. Yeah. <laughs> I always felt like I... Uh, no. I kinda you got to watch it again. Okay. You got to watch it again. I Trust just hated me. Natasha. But go ahead, because that'll start a whole ball rolling Who's in Samantha? a different direction. No, no Natasha, uh, big. So when he got married. <laughs> Ooh, remember when Carrie chased her down the steps and she fell? And she busted, busted her mouth. Her mouth. And then she was See, in the I don't want to mess that up, friend. I ain't looking. I fuck it. I'm no, but memories. listen, rewatching it really showed me like, wow, look at the shit that we absorb. Even the relationships You're around right. us, our parents. There's constantly conditioning of lack of boundaries. Yeah. So you have to be mindful, especially if you have kids. What boundaries are you teaching them? If you have siblings, even with your friends, the boundaries that you put into place 
also shows your friends. I have, like, even Dustin, the way he's so clear. I have friends who are clear where they, like, don't want to be touched a certain way. They don't, you know, like, they will say things like, I, I don't like this, I don't like that. And I've always admired people that can say it so clearly and they're not being mean about it. They're just being clear with their comfort zones. And I'm so unclear with mine that you can either get taken aback, like, damn, so-and-so is kind of like a bitch, you know, has an attitude problem. Or you can be like, wow, that's impressive that someone is that comfortable saying no. Nobody better not ever think you being a bitch. (laughs) I mean, how could they, first of all? (laughs) But like, I... (laughs) But I love that. I think it's impressive and it's something that I want to work on. You know, I want to work on my boundaries. Like, even sometimes on the street when people would grab me and I used to be like, oh, let me allow it because, you know, everyone's always like, oh, you're so nice and this, that. And I don't want to go against that. But sometimes people grab me in ways that are aggressive or inappropriate and I have to learn to set that boundary. But I struggle with that because I don't know how to be like, hey, don't touch me like that. Let me tell you. But, I, you know, it's hard for me. I it's know. hard for me to look someone in the face and say, I don't like being grabbed like that. I'd appreciate it if you didn't. So That's if you're listening to this show and you see Fran, please respect that. Like, y'all know she is the nicest person in the world of the United States of America <laughs> and some parts of Canada. And she does nah, not no like one's that. nicer than so Canadians. Please, like, just, oh, okay. yeah. That's why we had to say some parts. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I ain't got nothing on Nova Scotia. <laughs> you lost me. But are y'all clear like that? Like, you can look someone in the face and say, I don't like this. Oh, Sometimes. definitely. I know you are. Sometimes. But, yeah. <laughs> When I, it's a stranger, I always can. Like, it's like, you know, on the train and stuff. You see how people like... Like when those like, missionaries me, like, came up to us. <laughs> no, thank you. We don't have the time. <laughs> but, you know, my friends, they know what time is different. Like, they know me on my time. Like, my friends know. Like, they'll be later, but this thing ain't got shit to do. So that's why they disrespect the time. But outside of that, everything be gravy on that train. But I when want I'm my tra- friends to... I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I just be want my friends to feel comfortable. So sometimes I do allow my boundaries to be, you know... Stepped on a little. little We all do it. Yeah, you know, because you want your friends to feel like they can be comfortable around you. Right, you want them to be comfortable. So, like, certain things, like, I just don't trip about, period, because you just need to be able to be yourself at 100. Right. You know what I mean? And so, but that's friendship, and that's why they are your friend. That's a privilege that comes along with being friends with someone. You get to know each other's wavelengths and, like, what moves you and what doesn't. And you know when you are being allowed the privilege of, you know, wiggle room. And that's mm-hmm. what that's a bonus of being a friend to someone. And so it's also part, again, account, accountability. <laughs> accountability, I'm telling you. You have to hold yourself at a certain standard where you make sure that your friends feel safe and you be patient with them and you just make sure that you're allowing yourself to be you know a little you know this place just a little <laughs> bit so that they feel like they can just lay I just want to be a landing pad for my friend do you ever have conversations with the people around you about things that you like and don't like or is that not something that really comes up yeah Well, you just you know make it clear like I'm not a fan of X, Y, and Z and I'd mm-hmm. appreciate it if you didn't or is it something you just internally do and hope that they can just psychically figure out? Just put the dishwasher on the cleaning cycle, you know. <laughs> just wash it out. Like, eh. 
plus spending time with someone, you learn things like that about yeah. them. So naturally, True. like the more when you're friends and y'all hang out, the more and more you spend time together, you see them in different scenarios and you know situations and how they react. And that's a really quick way to learn somebody. Right. It's also a good way on a petty note. <laughs> It's also a good way to cut the grass so you can see the snakes. Hang out with a motherfucker. Let you know, see him and just watch him. Be quiet. Don't trip about everything and just watch him. And then go on and block the number. (laughs) (laughs) On the pettiest of notes. You know, I used to listen to Jason Mraz. And in one of the songs, he said, I see no boundaries except for the one that I'm in. And I don't expect you to overcome them. Unless that's your do- job description or something like that, Ooh, and like one of those Mraz. things, like that resonated with me. Like I didn't try to give, and that's why I said I had to balance like boundaries versus the concept of uh, you know setting standards or unreasonable uh, being unreasonable. But one of the ways I had to look at what my boundaries were was I had to ask myself like what questions kept re- uh, resonating with me, like what what's the red flag here, what's going on. And one of the things that people kept asking me in, like, various, you know, random-ass scenarios was like, well, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you say anything? And that just was one of the things that that's kept a, And that's a big one, too, because people will feel sensitive to their boundaries being crossed, but they won't make it clear what their boundaries are. Right. And you can't expect people to be psychic. You know, I think I am pretty emotionally intelligent. I think Mm -hmm. to the most part I can read people and their energy and I can kind of gauge where their boundaries are just by being around people. But not everyone pays attention to those signals and, you know, that like energy signatures. Even though people are emotionally intelligent. They just may not be taking the time out. Exactly. To... It's not that they're not capable, but some people just have a lot going on exactly. and that might or it might not be a priority. So I think it's you know, also being clear and saying it. In a world of you know, if the world's the library, everybody ain't got time to read every book. And that's one thing I had to think about. <laughs> I mean that too. <laughs> if imagine a world where everyone was very clear. And even in relationships, because I we were saying I was saying how there was this one person I was dating and he was polyamorous. And the thing is, he didn't know oh, how to... no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> no, now. but listen, <laughs> but my thing is, imagine a world where everybody just very clearly stated their desires, their needs, their wants, their boundaries, their hard yeses and no's. How the much easier would life be? I'm talking like... If he would have <laughs> said to me, hey, friend, I prefer having two girlfriends. That's what makes me happy. That's no, listen, that's what I want. Yeah, with a straight face. It would allow me to say, hey, cool. Thanks for letting me know. I'm not interested. And I hope you find someone that is. Do you know how much time Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would have saved if we would have both set our boundaries clear from the jump that that's what he wanted? And that's not what I wanted. Case closed. He goes and finds someone that fits that. And I go find someone that fits what I want. But instead, we did the soft boundary of him being like hey let me tell you eight months later (laughs) and then I'm like huh but I'm already emotionally invested so then now I'm pushing my boundaries for him so I'm like well let me see if I can turn the other cheek and then I was like fuck no (laughs) it didn't work that's me trying to be that was me trying to be yes that was me (laughs) (laughs) Me trying to be open-minded because right. I had, but I had also 
been coming off of a really terrible breakup. So you know when you're in that space of like, ah, fuck it. I'm, I don't Damn. even care anymore. So he would surprise you with a threesome. He could have <laughs> just had it. But when he came to me and said that that's something that he always been drawn to and he was like, I feel like you're the first girl that I could like be myself and say that and not feel like nervous. Like I could just say it. And I was like, that's cool. I'm glad that you feel that comfortable, but understand that I'm not interested. Right. Like me being open-minded doesn't mean I'm down for everything right. you can fucking pull okay. out of your ass. Just like mean I'm not judging. Uh, right. That's literally all it means. All it I'm means is not I'm not judging okay, yeah. and you can openly say who you are very clearly, but it doesn't mean I have to participate because I'm cool. Like it just doesn't work that way. So when I backed away, he was shook. And I'm like, bro, we could have deaded this so long ago. You know what I mean? And it just was so unnecessary. And that was sort of the eye opener for me about boundaries and people just not being honest about what they want their life to feel like. Just be clear. You know what I mean? I actually read, uh, I didn't finish it, but there's this book that I want you guys to grab called. Steve Harvey Think Like a Man. (laughs) No, imagine. Steve Harvey Think Like a Man. No. Uh, No. God, no. Don't look at me in the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it. And look, and that's an, actually, I'm glad you said that because that was Steve setting his boundaries. I mean. (laughs) And people were making fun of him, but you know what? I am not even mad. If this is what makes him get through his day, and clearly it's based on experiences because people have been popping into his dressing room, stopping him in the hallway, and it was interfering. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was interfering with his with his work day. So he had to set those clear boundaries. But you see how people were reacting, like, oh hell no. I wish somebody would talk to me like that. Why can't someone tell you not to talk to them in the hallway if that's the you know, like Sometimes people will also make you feel weird about your boundaries acting and make you feel like you're acting Hollywood or, you know, you're being, I don't even know what the word is, extra. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So you also have to feel confident in your boundaries and not allow people to sway you because clearly they don't have any of their own. I thought that Steve Harvey shit was dope. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I admired it. I was like, that's cool. He said it very clearly, so now there's nothing to question. You either abide or you don't. I think you should just ride the wave on that. Think about him. (laughs) (laughs) You should ride the wave on that because you know one thing we like about Steve Harvey is his transparency. (laughs) So he should be like, he should just say, "I released that memo like I would have told my kids." Did he speak on it yet or no? He He just ignored it. He very much said, "I said what I said." (laughs) Right. Like was literally still yelling. They put out the the Nene give. (laughs) I just want some quiet (laughs) and people coming up. Like he was still. He said it's been four years. Years of this bullshit and that's for too many and he said it's gonna change on today yo literally that is exactly what this episode is about he had allowed his boundaries to be crossed so much that he couldn't take it anymore had to put in an email you better move okay <laughs> where was your boundary when you got that invite from the white house though okay. but i'm just gonna let that you know <laughs> at that time it was the trump tower which essentially is the white house <laughs> okay <laughs> But But the book I want y'all to grab is called Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life. And it's by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Over two million copies sold. Um, It's a really life-changing book because it breaks down how to shift power dynamics. Just for example, what I was saying when instead of, uh, let's say with your boyfriend, instead of being like, hey... You know, when you do that, it really hurts my feelings and kind of coming from like a victimized space. Just say, hey, 
I don't like when you do this and that. If you continue, we're going to have problems, just so you know. <laughs> like That's the shit I don't like. Right. Like, this is something that is crossing a boundary for me. So you're not coming at it as, oh, <laughs> but you're coming at it as, period. The end. This is it. There's nothing to discuss. Like the Monica song. <laughs> ah, yeah. <I> couldn't <laughs> no, <breathe. you> <laughs> so I think it's I think it's important. I think it's important to figure out the balance, you know, between being a balance. loving, caring person. And also not having your boundaries crossed so that you can continue to be a loving and caring person. That's the part right there. Right? So hopefully this uh, hot button issue is something that you guys are interested in. I'm sure, I mean, boundaries are, it's pretty universal. I think it's something we all struggle with. I like how we started talking about, you know, with parents and parenting as Mm -hmm. well with all the shit going on. Like, I'm tired of seeing all the headlines about kids being bullied and committing these acts on social media. So if you are a parent, and you have not set clear boundaries with your child or you set them in ways that you have time to go back and reprogram, um, do that. I think now more than ever, we should examine our boundaries with, you know, each other, ourselves, each other, and even our loved ones, you know, most of all. So Yeah, and I have to shout out my mom because when I was little, one thing I will say, I mean, trust me, boundaries are crossed because <laughs> she would tell me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> but there were times where she knew she was able to read from my personality that I did require a lot of like processing time mm-hmm. and alone time. Most parents don't fuck with that because they're like, leave your door open. This is my house. <laughs> this is my okay. house. You know, like you ain't no closing the door and going to your room. And she never bothered me about that. If I needed a day to be in my room because something happened at school and I had to process it. I'm a processor. That's just how I work. I have to work through things and figure out how I'm feeling. I'm always very feely. And she was very cool with it. She would be like, yeah, you know, I figured you just needed some time. And I'm thankful for that because she at least allowed me that much to process, even if she was like, Go back to your room. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, I love you, mom. But yeah, so like Asante said, <laughs> like Asante said, uh, definitely be mindful of allowing your kids to have boundaries too. Like they're not too many though. If they under the age of, you know, if they a right. single digit, don't let them order in the restaurant. Well, um, no, no, I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, it has to make sense. Bottom but line, just get your kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get your kids. Get your kids. And go on over Let them grow to day. who they need to be, though. Like, right. your kids are, aren't... are I know this is going to sound controversial, but they're not yours. They're not right. your property, and they're not here in the image of you. They're mm. here to... They came through you to figure something else out con- completely and entirely on their own. So I think when you don't allow them those boundaries and you're, like, telling them how to be, how to think, what's allowed, what's not... It can get tricky, but I know it's hard because you're a parent. You're supposed to also kind of lay some ground rules, but that's actually what the wellness segment today is going to be. Well, 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 well. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, you know, we have to do a journal entry. 
Dear Diary. Right. I think, like I was saying at the at the wellness retreat, I just, oh, it was such a great conversation, man. I wish you guys could have been there. No, you but don't. a lot of, well, you not not really. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just so thankful because people were so transparent and so honest and admitting that they didn't know how to set boundaries with their boyfriend or girlfriend because they didn't want their partners to think that they were a bitch or, you know, or with their parents. <laughs> or, you know, their parents. The bitch? How do you set a boundary with your parent when, like we said early on, they are the first boundary breakers and they kind of act like they have all rights to you at all times, you know, as they decide, as they see fit. So, these are really important conversations that I think if you are someone who you feel a habitual boundary steppers in your life, or maybe you might be that person, I think it's time to kind of, first of all, you should get this boundary book because I think it's really helpful. If you worried about this book. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll help you kind of start seeing where those, those aren't clearly defined in your life and start writing them down like be like okay in my relationship these are the things that I get frustrated at start to see if it's a wall or a boundary remember we said walls are fear based it's based on maybe your exes and shit they did that we're not talking about we're talking about things that you're trying to do to get better like let's say your boyfriend wants to see you every day but you need to study and you need to why I wish I could see Dustin's face. <laughs> no, let's say your boyfriend wants to see you every single day. <laughs> but you need to study or maybe there's a craft that you should be cultivating and you've made it clear like, hey, you know, I need these days to get this done. And they still call or still, oh, you don't need to. Oh, come on. Let me see you or whatever. That's your boundary being crossed. No, I don't think so. <laughs> do ya, do ya, do ya, do ya. <laughs> so I think, you know, these are the kinds of conversations you need to have. Anything that is holding you back from thriving, from reaching your potential, from focusing, from from cultivating the life that you have set for yourself. Anyone who is not there as your cheerleader you know, as your as a supplement to the things that you need to get done, they are crossing your boundaries. You know, they should be respectful. They should be encouraging. They should be helping you get there. Whether it's your friends, family, you know what I mean? And anyone who's holding you back from that, you probably need to have a conversation about how they're contributing or not contributing to your day to day. So that's what I think you should journal about. What are those boundaries? What are they? Try to even write them down. As specific, it could even be something little like, I don't like feet on me. <laughs> There's some people that. <laughs> Look, do you hear I keep talking about the train? Like, I just don't like people touching me on that train. Some people don't like to be touched. I love being touched. <laughs> don't be afraid to touch. <laughs> okay. I'm just. Yeah, right. I wish you would just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Touch. Doom, doom, okay. doom. You know how everyone has that friend that does not like to be touched. Yes. Mm -hmm. that, they, <laughs> that they look at you. <laughs> I like how you have both said yes. <laughs> we got a few of them. Okay. We got a few of them. But then you like, have the friend that, like, you could be affectionate and lean on them and touch mm. them and joke, and it's okay. But how would you know? You wouldn't know unless either you intuitively fill them out, maybe cross it sometimes. Or they just say it straight up. Don't touch me. I don't like it. 
I'm always the friend that can cross that boundary. <laughs> like, I, I know the friends that don't like to be touched. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like to be hugged. They don't like feet on them. Some don't people like... don't like to be called after a certain time. You know, like, you have to just be aware of the people or around FaceTimed. you. FaceTimed. Like me, I hate that shit. <laughs> I really hate being FaceTime. Because <laughs> you you be like at home looking crazy and then, you yeah, know, man. you got to take your hair out real quick and shake it out and be like, hey. Okay, right. If I wanted to see you, I'd have been over there. Shit. <laughs> if you live out of town, we can FaceTime. But that's a damn lie because me and Asante was just on FaceTime yesterday. <laughs> we but that was important. Hey, what? See, look, we had a boundary that we knew that was important. <laughs> and he a lie because I ain't going to be giving a fuck what he doing. Now, if he I don't. wanted to call him or FaceTime, I'll be like, yeah. what you doing? That's the point of the question. I literally Shit. always answer. <laughs> and I always look, be answering for you. I have I have friends, and you know, I, I love y'all, that I don't answer a lot of their phone calls and yeah. I call them back. But Dustin <laughs> will always call or FaceTime me, and I literally answer and roll oh, my eyes. Because we know that you can FaceTime. Asante is one of the people that will FaceTime me at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> And I go on to pick up. You know what I'm saying? And FaceTime me from good. an igloo. You had it. <laughs> oh, Talking about live, where baby. you at? We live. <laughs> oh, no, baby. What is you doing? We live, baby. Shout Asante out to the igloo. talking about where you at? Come meet me. I'm like, where? At the igloo? Asante, what we going to do? Come on. We should make a teepee. <laughs> oh, you know, for the summertime. <laughs> you know, I'm by the water, so it's windy. It could be like oh. a bonfire at night. <laughs> No, but I think these are important conversations to have. And I think it'll be extremely helpful to set those up. And like I said, make them as detailed from the little things like don't touch me up to the bigger things. Like I wish that you would reciprocate as a friend and be there for me when things are good, when things are bad, the days in between. I don't like that we only that I only hear from you when you got a vent about your boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like. Say those things instead of harboring ill will towards each other or or what some people do that bothers me, they'll vent to someone else about something they have with you instead of coming to you and right. saying that's this is a, an that's issue. A fight right that there. to me is I've never understood that. I shouldn't be hearing an issue you have from anyone else but you. So stupid. Right. So I think, you know, these are things that why are they cracking up? I'm thinking about basketball wives. Never mind. Oh we'll no. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. I know, I like, right? It's coming. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm All of this so, is put I'm, it's I'm like triggering on. you. <laughs> hold on. Jeffrey Osborne. Hold on. <laughs> It's very hot. I'm sorry. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> but these are just this is just uh, the connection to the hot button. Yep. I just feel like it's a it's you know we're all trying to be successful right. and happy yes. and right and having like a, a year that was stronger than the last one. Yes. And I think when you start focusing on the things that'll make it make help you have a better day. Focus on things like this. Making it through the day. I agree. Your relationships with the people around you. So that's it for this week's wellness and hot button issue. Hopefully you guys found that helpful. Thanks again to Talkspace for supporting this week's episode of The Friend Zone. Now, Talkspace is the online therapy company that makes it easy for you to connect with a licensed and experienced therapist because you damn sure don't want no inexperienced therapist. Handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. You can talk with your therapist whenever and wherever you are, on the web or over the phone, without scheduling, traveling, or worrying about your privacy. 
And Talkspace is 100% confidential. You can remain completely anonymous if that's really what you want to do. You know, it's up to you. Join the over 500,000 users who have experienced the relief of being able to talk to a therapist at their own discretion and on their own time. Help show support for The Friend Zone by visiting Talkspace.com slash zone for a special $30 discount off your first month. Or download the Talkspace app and use coupon code ZONE. That's Talkspace.com slash Z-O-N-E. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. And now we're going to hop on over to Mr. Music Man. Uh, what you got for us today, Asante? Well, you know, I actually have an icebreaker that Ooh. we will get to. But before ADD gets the best of me, let me uh, cover two things. Mm-hmm. Lorian Gibson. Uh, <laughs> what? First song was called Addictive. Oh and I don't want to play because I don't want to get pulled. Thank you. God. But I don't remember ever hearing that. I'm telling you, she was in this video Stop, with two other like girls that. dancing. And Play she like thought, two seconds of it. No, nah, I'm about to, you know what I'm about to do? I'm about to just show you the video. I'm not about oh, to. Oh, uh, Lord. So, like, I don't know who or why, but Lorianne was an artist and she dropped this song called Addictive and she was literally dancing on this rooftop with two other girls and it was like the Ferky formula and I was like, what the hell is this? And then she recently, a couple years ago, came back out as Harley. A couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Harley was like not too far, not too long ago. I was like, what are you doing? It See, was quite bizarre, friend. It, like it, but... Dude, I do not remember that at all. Hold on, I want to just hear a little bit of it. Just to... It was awful. She was like, I, you know, I'm in my car and you know you want to ride. Like, it was like. <laughs> Put it to the mic. Come on, man. No, you. <laughs> you you remember like, this? Lori, no. Nobody does. It and was, I don't it, even want to remember. <laughs> well, I remember. Lorianne Gibson has given me material Boom, good cat. and bad for Where is she at now? years. She's still working. I haven't seen her that long. She yep. does sound like Fergie. Fergie, you hear me? Fergie. Fergie. <laughs> so that done. was the Lorian moment. Um, mm-hmm. It was not important, but we said it, and I had to show y'all mm-hmm. that that shit did happen. <laughs> it did, in fact, happen. Um, and that's I had two things or three things? Two. two. Uh, I'm not going to get into the other thing. Uh, the icebreaker, we're just going to skip into that, mm-hmm. was someone from Twitter. Let me just, you know, pull up the tweet. Oh, actually, it was an email. Um, this young lady is getting married and wanted some music manic advice. So, Leah Hawkins writes, Congratulations, by the way. I'm getting married next weekend. Oh, yay. Currently, we'll be using Beyonce, Love on Top, as our bridegroom introduction song. But y'all always have really dope suggestions of songs I've never heard of. So, I'm wondering, do you any of you have a better song you could suggest for our introduction or just great songs for weddings in general? And I thought we could just talk about some really great songs that we might want played at our wedding. Oh... <laughs> the good stuff I have to tell y'all off the mic because you know I can't give it away. <laughs> you know all my stuff is super personal, so ain't nobody gonna know what the hell I'm talking about. I just know my friends are gonna have to sing, like Drew gonna have to sing. I'm singing. <laughs> India, I'm not gonna have to sing. You can sit down. I literally just told India. That's gonna be day, like, well, well. Yeah, look, okay. you, you can get drunk and grab the mic. I get, actually, no, no, you can't. I, I'm not getting married. I'm Never mind. I just, I just want to say, I, y'all ain't got to worry about this. I ain't getting married. Fucking with y'all. Oh no! Um, India, I told actually she has a couple of songs. She actually needs a whole set at the oh. wedding. Mm, cute. Um, my, my wedding might be a concert. It really would. There be. might be some hood songs I want <laughs> in there just because you know. Mm, well, I love strings. Songs. 
Ooh. You know, I love strings and I love haunting melodies. So, like, I think it would be really dope to, like, have, like, just the strings from Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. As, like, people are walking down the aisle. I think that's gorgeous. Um, you just won the internet. Yeah, I think that just the strings, like, not, yeah, just, yeah. Mm. And maybe a piano. But and then I think that would be dope. I think a perfect first dance song for like a bride and a bride and a groom and a groom or a bride and a groom Masked or whatever off. the fuck gets you off. <laughs> no, OPP. Yeah, by you Naughty know by me. Nature. Stop I think it, it says, Dustin. You talked about soft boundaries, friend. That's setting the boundaries early. That's it. You down with OPP. Right, direct and clear. Are you down with OPP? <laughs> The response. Yo, if just somebody played that at a wedding, I would die. Clear and emphatic. Yeah, you know me. Shit. Yeah. But yeah, Shit. on a serious tip, I think the strings from Bitter Sea Symphony are beautiful, and that's the vein I would go in. I think um, another one, Evanescence, My Immortal. I think oh, the yeah. piano from oh that alone would be beautiful. Um, I think I love that. And then uh, on a petty note, not petty, but just on a more, you know, black note. Moments in love. Oh, I think that's yes. one of the most beautiful songs oh, ever. Yes. Like, Yo, Dustin is yeah. low key mushy. I like the mood. You know, mm. I like it. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know that, that makes me so happy. <laughs> but I love I, that's So that's the vein I would go in. Mm. Um, let's see. Omel LaRue for real. Mm. Uh, you are. That song oh, is beautiful. That's a beautiful oh wedding God. song. Um, Erica Badu, Orange Moon. Oh, yeah. brighter than the. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Damn, I can't wait for your wedding. I, uh, you know, Sade has which Sade song? Ooh. Moon and the Stars. Oh, oh, no ordinary Ooh. love. This is no ordinary love. Ooh, that bass Is that the one line. where she was the mermaid in the video? Yes. I love that Ooh, video. and Cherish the Day. Ooh. That's another, that's my favorite. Oh, Sade. Wait, you made her sound like Sampa. While you play it, I would love a duet between them two. Sade, Ooh, Sade and Sampa. Yeah. That would be kind of dope. God though. damn. You heard it here first on the friend zone. <laughs> we want a credit, okay? Produced by who? <laughs> Shit. The friend zone? Oh, who's the, the well, friend zone? that's the executive producer. <laughs> oh, who's oh, going to do okay. the music? Ooh. For Sampha and Sade. Ooh, we Don't say Metro Boomin. No, I'm not. Say Mike Will. <laughs> I knew you were. Actually, but you know what? Mike Will might have it because that Perfect Pint song. Ooh, my, ain't that... I, Shout out to Perfect Pint. Perfect Pint. It's low key. Right? <laughs> it oh, sounds like a low And I have to put this out there because I said this before <laughs> real quick. The, and I mean this too. The music at the end of Timmy Turner is beautiful. It, when that beat what? changes, He's you take right. the words out He's and right. some of like the ele- the instruments and you, that is some wedding music. I'm telling you, While the you're end playing, of Timmy Turner by design. Why you playing? I would love my... <laughs> Dustin, not I'm Timmy Turner. You, the like end is beautiful. OPP and Timmy Turner, y'all. Okay, I'm, I'm serious. What if I was hood rat enough? <laughs> I found somebody that would love to do like a trap wedding with me and I would like the music actually be scored but by Travis Scott because I really oh, like yes. them sounds that he has like on, like on 90210 yes, like yes. that, that the transitions yeah, and shit, yeah. And I just love that like a little sound if you could do that right like didn't he drop three songs yesterday no well, if he did I ain't picked him up so somebody needs to he did he dropped three songs yesterday like Butterfly right Effect now, right? I forget what the name was oh and um, 
the second half of Warm Winds by SZA. Oh, so, dear God, make me a... Bur- Sande <laughs> <laughs> done ran out the studio. I think <laughs> he literally said, "Dear God," coming. and flew out. He's back now. Woo! He's gonna let Tell you me know that second right half isn't now. beautiful. Beautiful. I go straight to that second <laughs> half every okay, time. Okay, so you know, uh, do you, have, you use iTunes? Mm-hmm. You know, if you edit a track, you can uh, mess up. You can. Uh, Pick where the track starts. You can and trim it. it. Oh, <laughs> yes. hmm. so every time it comes up in your library, it automatically knows Good this is where you know. want to start. Spotify this song. needs to add that. So you know, no shade. The first half is gorgeous, but the second it half is, is just just the way that it evolves. It's kind of like, damn, you should have made this its own fucking song, right? Those are my picks. I can't if if anyone else pops up. I'll okay, so just to help you out, like to be serious, there is this artist, and I ain't never getting married, so. Probably never gonna use it. But back when I had MySpace, there was this artist named Sebastian Migo, and he still has this fucking song up on his uh, SoundCloud, and it's called I Could Get Used to You. And it's literally one of the most beautiful songs I had ever heard in my entire life. Like then, and like I still listen to it now, and it is fucking amazing. Cute. So that is Sebastian Migos. Se- Sebastian Migo, M G O. Oh, Migo. Look, I'm gonna just play this little, just so you know what kind of song it is. Okay. You ain't ready. Everything I never knew I needed is everything you are. That's all you get. You better give me that Blackberry molasses. Right. <laughs> I heard that song back in like 2007 or 8, and I was like, if I ever get married. Wow. This Sebastian Migo, that's a night. Nice, his voice is nice. What? I'm and so... wait till you hear him sing. And... <sighs> he was destined for success. Listen to his name. Sebastian Miko. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then if you like put it in a paper, Miko. It's Miko's. Yes, there you go. <laughs> That's Destiny. it for the music Take man Destiny. segment. That Take was Destiny. cute. So, you know, congratulations on getting married. You know, Yay. Beyonce is always a great pick. And we wrap that part. But do you have something else you would like to that add? That was the icebreaker. Or that the was the icebreaker. The, the music man segment. Oh. Well, the music man segment, if you want to. No, I just wanted to know because you said that it was something that you listened to that you wanted to talk about. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, th- this is this is part two I yeah, forgot to uh-huh, put beforehand. Uh-huh. See, you know, I remember how to you get knew to the it shit, was. friend. You, you know what I remember. Was. Yeah. You knew what it was because it was it's Playboy Cardi. Ooh. I listened to it. There is York, this. I'm rock, rock. How that in my sock, sock. Hey! I know I can't play that. That will get And then that other song when he'd be like, uh, I, like I woke up to Uzi niggas Burton. fucking like uh, me. Hey! Woke up to niggas fucking like me. Hey! I, I found my new hood, hood obsession right Playboy now. Playboy Cardi's so. album is amazing. Playboy Cardi has it. It is. And I, friend, I'm telling I'm, you. I'll listen to it when I get it's home. It's amazing. And li- I don't know why this song keeps coming back up, but a bonus. Listen to K-Camp. He has a song called Comfortable. Oh, my God. Classic. <laughs> Every what? time I hear I was just back in Atlanta, and they played it on the radio again. I was like, oh, you know, I forgot how much K. I K. love Camp this. makes good music. Oh, Real what? talk. K-Camp makes some good-ass music. People don't know. Uh-huh. Well, let me tell you who does. Also, look, Get Mary J. Blige, Strength of a Woman. 
Okay, and just to wrap the Music Man segment, don't forget I did put up playlists. The playlist pledge has been on and popping. Thank you all to your feedback using the hashtags. Continue to let me know what artists y'all are feeling off the playlist so I can know that my hard work is not going in vain. Because sometimes <laughs> I'm literally putting on new artists and I'm like, I don't know if people are going to like this, but let me just put this so people can have like a different sound to listen to along with shit I actually do like. So y'all are enjoying that shit. I'm loving putting that shit up, so... What else? That's <laughs> it for the music, man. Let's move on over to TV Land. Okay, on your screen, in your area. <laughs> All right, so TV Land Music Today. Uh, I'm TV Land Music. Damn. TV Land Music Today. I'm still today. thinking about the music segment because we didn't talk about Latoya Luckett and I just thought about it. Oh, so my shout God. Out to her. She's got a new album. Shout I ain't listened to all the way through, but I love her, so shout out to her. I like that all the artists that I used to love are coming back out and doing this video thing because okay. she keeps doing these video movies. Yeah, and like I'm, these I'm, little short films. I want Latoya Luckett to do what Trey Songs did, like how he did his yeah. like uh, movie thing with his uh, uh, reality and TV she show. Act. She I love oh, every I didn't time see I see that. her. Okay, first of all, Latoya, look at I love you, but you can't drop no eight minute videos back to back like that because people aren't gonna listen unless you make it like a thing. But I like that because <laughs> I like artists. I like when they put out visuals and tell yeah. stories. But you know, everybody ain't checking for that story, so put out a regular version so then they can go and get the movie version so they can just be like, I miss Latoya on the big screen. It was like an artsy short film. It's like a you know the, you know people form video. Yeah, you know, you know. When people or drop like, the music videos, but they really want to tell you the story, so they make it like six or eight or nine minutes instead of the three or four or five. Got you. As long as it holds my attention, I'm with it. I'm with the shit. As <laughs> it holds my attention. Keep acting your ass off, Latoya. Yes. So on television, really quick, um, all we know we all know that the Real Housewives of Atlanta has wrapped up for the for season nine. There's a hole in my they heart. They played the mine too, but <laughs> it's filled with hatred and disdain for Phaedra. So uh, oh boy. there is a um there was a special that they did called Secrets Reveal where they had <laughs> they showed, you know, some scenes that we had didn't see. Um Peter was nailing Porsche's ass to the wall and, and Hawaii at the table after her and Candy had blown up. That was interesting to watch. But we've are the Real Housewives of Atlanta season nine. Let's just let it rest. I don't even want to talk about how much I can't stand Phaedra. I don't even want to talk about how much she's still lying, talking about she received death threats and um, and her kids getting bullied. And all I could think was how we how we know she's telling the truth. Oh right. no, I don't believe nothing she said. Anything, so like, any whatever. Oh, what a terrible position to be in. Right. I'm glad we don't have to talk about her anymore. That's like the silver line. There's always yeah, a silver line. That's absolutely and true. that's the silver line. I hope she goes to the housewives. But what I do want to talk about. From Real Housewives of Atlanta is the fact that the footage leaked of Peter Thomas and, and Matt Jordan fist fighting down in. to the radio station. Down to the radio. And I just want to say, you Matt. know, we could go play, play by play, blow by blow. But I just want to say that one time for Peter being a real old school nigga and doing what old school guys do. Peter wasn't going to be about all that talking and shit. Matt was about the show and the, you Peter know, ain't the display no bitch, of it Nene. all. Peter said on, uh, he wasn't that day. He, uh, he, was, he, was, he was holding the no peach, bitch. but he was holding it to throw it that okay. day. Look, so, he, he, he was boxing the peach Peter in Peter said, shit. you know what? You going to see. He kept saying, you going to see. And Matt was getting, being so <laughs> hostile and aggressive. And next thing we knew, Peter laid hands on him. Who's Matt? Kenya's ex-boyfriend of this season. Yeah, he was crazy. He put her through a whole bunch of shit. He started roid raging and all sorts of all shit. All kind of stuff. Oh, I remember y'all talking about him. And he tried to kick Peter ass. And Peter is an older guy, you know what I mean? But Peter is a is a is Peter. He was a hustler. You know what I'm saying? So he knew how to fight. And he politely put Matt ass. He put his weight on Matt when Matt went in there trying to swing. It was classic. Anybody that's been fighting, you saw what happened. Like right. as soon as Matt went in for that punch. 
Peter threw his ass over, and that was it. It was by that point the leverage Peter had it because he was on the ground, and so he had Matt down in that headlock, and so it was great. Yeah, Peter held his own, and everybody so thought Matt was gonna that's whoop dope. him. But Peter, you know, that's that old school old people. You know, old school niggas. <laughs> they be thinking three steps ahead. Right. So like Peter already seen the shit coming before it started rolling. So right. <laughs> that was great to watch. Now basketball wise. You know, this is a funny episode to talk about boundaries. I just want to say on this episode, like there's so many. Are there examples of soft boundaries? Please continue. Evelyn Lozada brought in a stylist to give this girl named Kristen a makeover. Now, did Kristen need a makeover? Absolutely. Yeah. Was she's it one of the housewives? Well, I she's mean, a, yeah, she's, wrong on, show. she's one of the cast members on here. <laughs> but she needed a makeover, whatever. She got offended, of course. Somebody you don't know is telling you, I want to give you a makeover. And not all somebody the girls here on the girls' know. trip, just you, a makeover. So we got a stylist coming in to give you a makeover and hair and makeup to just give it to you. Which the girl, again, did she need it? Yes. But was that the point? No. She was so, told by somebody she didn't even know that well that she was started to bond with, like, oh, like, this is fun. And, and she go got surprised with a makeover on in front of a whole bunch of other females. She don't even really know like that. <laughs> and what Evelyn is doing is walking the fine line between starting a little bit of the shit but then staying out of the fray when things start to get too messy. Because she has to keep this narrative going of her being this changed person. And, you know, she's different now and she's not into the hostile, volatile arguments. And, you know, she's trying, she's concerned with her representation and her image now. So she's playing with these girls, but then she's taking the back seat and immediately trying to keep it clean, everything up and act like, you know, it's not what it clearly is. Part of me respects her for that because from, you know, from one player to another, like she's finessing <laughs> the shit out of this shit. Right. But I still see what you're doing. And not for nothing, we like Evelyn at her worst, not at her best. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's just the truth. We want her to walk <laughs> no, across no, the table. She, we just want her to run towards the right ghetto. person up on the table. She went on record somewhere saying she missed me. Not, yeah, uh, she said not. she hadn't had an argument in <laughs> right. four years and she so, came on back. So I was with it. Wow. I think, yeah, and I like I like the fact that she's showing that, if nothing else, she's doing what I always talk about, which is showing that it doesn't have to be about, you know, the meaningless arguments and fights. You can actually make interesting television otherwise. She's mm-hmm. funny. She has good comedic timing. She's interesting to watch, and she's making sense on the show. What I don't like is the fact that she's supporting Tammy in this anti-Brandy thing. Now, if Tammy don't like Brandy, that's one thing. Just say you don't like her. Don't attribute it to her. You saying, oh, well, she was in Duffy's ear when we was in Portugal, and she was gassing Duffy up to fight, and that's why she almost put me at jeopardy to, like, go to jail in a foreign country. No, she didn't. You put yourself at jeopardy to go to jail in Portugal because you were wilding the fuck out. That don't have nothing to do with Brandy. That really don't have nothing to do with Duffy. Now, did Duffy need her ass kicked? Absolutely. She's still on the show? Absolutely not. <laughs> but but it just don't don't be fake about it and say like, oh, it's because of her that I was about to do that. So that's right. why I don't want to be around her. No, just say you don't like her and you don't want to be on it. It's basketball wives. Be a basketball wife. Where's the bitch? That's what we bad. want. Like, throw a little of that in. I don't like her. No, not about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what bad, she needs to say. But some of the, the realest people on there, I look at when they do stuff, and I like them, and I love them, but not even for being real. Like, whenever I think about Tammy, I laugh, because she just be up there, like, really losing it over some shit, and it's like, 
does she really feel that way? Like, I just be laughing. Because she was like, she put me in a situation where I was in a different country and I could have gotten arrested had I put my hands on her. Had you put your hands on her? Yeah, you don't have to put your hands on nobody. Like, it was kind of like, yeah, y'all were having a conflict. Because I don't like the other girl really that much either. But she was, it was a cop-out for her to say that she didn't like her because she was putting her in a situation. It's like, yeah, you got to be Like blaming out. her lack of self-control. Right, because else. she still went back to the table and fought the damn girl. So it's like, <laughs> this is your fault because like, you don't want to do it. So everything that comes out of her mouth to me is always like a joke because it's like, you know you ain't got to do that. You just want to be turned up. Right. She's like, oh, I don't want to be turned up. I want to just go outside and smoke my cigarettes and drink my beer. And it's like, but the minute you're triggered, you don't do that. Like, you... You just keep, you come back for more, like you keep coming back for more. You want to make it bigger for the whole season. It's like, that's how we know you're making this shit up, girl. Just be proud of your checks. That's fine. (laughs) And just point it in the right direction, right? Like, this is my problem with Tammy. And I'm going to let this go so we can wrap this shit up. (laughs) Right? But this is my problem with Tammy, right? You want to be big and bad and bark and all this shit on all the wrong people. I'm the OG. She's really trying to make up for that. This week, right? She had a perfect door of opportunity to go off and be the bitch on that stylist. The stylist that came in to do the makeover friend, she was so rude and And nasty to the girl that she was performing the makeover on. From the moment she walked through the door, you could tell that she had obviously came in with an agenda, right? To be memorable and do it by starting shit. Right. Oh, memorable on the show? In all Uh, the wrong ways. And so she was like cruel and mean to the girl. It's okay if you, you know, you don't know how to put, you don't got the money. You just say, if you broke, sometimes you're not ugly, you just broke. That's the kind of shit she was saying to her. (laughs) And you know, they want you dress for your body or whatever. I saw this meme the other day and it said, if you, it's okay if you broke as long as you're not ugly or some shit like that. And then was smiling. It was like, what the fuck does that have to do with any of this shit, She was just bitch? doing like, and saying things like, to pick and pry this girl into having an argument and also to hurt her feelings. And I was so angry because the girl has already been playing it up too much for the cameras and doing too much. So she's already getting on my nerves. But nobody can sit back and just watch somebody break down like that at the treatment of somebody else. And she literally busted out crying. And I was mad because you you are so, again, clear with your boundaries and your confessionals and all this other shit. But the minute you're in these girls' faces, you fall flat and you allow them to do these things to you. Why would you even get in the makeup chair? And you don't, you're don't, you not comfortable with these girls giving you this makeover. While the makeup is being applied, they're literally sitting around staring at you, and you're saying, okay, is this, is this, I don't know how to take this. Is this supposed to be fun, or I'm trying not to get offended? Why did you get in the chair? If you feel offended, if you feel the possibility is there for you to be offended, why even participate? Right. You should not have done that. You should have said, this is ridiculous. I don't need a makeover. And if I do, it'll be on my own damn time and at my own damn discretion. Thank you, but no fucking thank you. Right. And fuck you, don't be talking to me like that, bitch, because you don't even know me. That's what she should have said to them. And they have the but my to point the about Tammy, right? My point about Tammy, right, is that... <laughs> That was your opportunity to go full force unleashed on somebody. This girl is clearly in the wrong, clearly the aggressor, and is literally asking for it. Why didn't you go in on her? That's your that's your outlet. Right. And that's my problem with Tammy. Yes, yeah, she spoke up and said, girl, you was, why was you saying that? In a very joking, friendly way. But then your confessional is you saying how you would have beat her up. My point is if you bad, be bad when it's time to be bad. Otherwise, it's no good. 
But okay. she, I felt like she didn't say all that because she it wasn't her fight. But had that girl it come should, for her, she should have made it her fight. Since like, you so she bad, didn't care you about kick that everybody girl. ass. You should have made it your fight. If if that girl would have been coming at one of the other girls, maybe, but because it was like a new girl and it was another girl that we didn't know, I think Tammy stayed out of it because you know in Tammy's mind, she also thinks she's the star maker too. Because remember, she told Duffy, who knew who that was before this moment? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So maybe that's why she chose not to get into it, where she's like, I don't want to be the star maker on today. So then she chooses to take that back scene and be like, let me play funny auntie in this scene. No. And it's like, no, you're not funny auntie. You're not funny, you're and that's just... when you should have spoke up, because that girl was so out of pocket. Like, it was so bad, friend. It wasn't It wasn't motivated by anything. She was literally fucking with her. That was, but like, that was, literally, no reason for her to treat this girl like that. Because to Dustin's point, all, that. In, if that would have happened to any of us, in front of any of us, we all would have been right there like, bitch, what is you talking about? You up here talking about... I'd have been like, Asante, like, get up! Like, and then turn right around <laughs> and just start it. Like, that would have been it. So it was one of them moments. So that's my thoughts on basketball. There's more I can Tammy's say, but we ain't got time for, for all that. Catch me on Twitter for the Catch thoughts. Me <laughs> Let's go. How about that? Now we jump into asking for a friend. If I had friends that I would ask for, then I would email the friends on at loudspeakersnetwork.com. For those of y'all that didn't hear the song, the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com is the email to send all of your emails to if you would like to ask for a friend, submit a black business of the week, do a, biz, a music submission, or talk about sending us money. <laughs> no, you didn't. Unless it's an African scam. Don't hit us up with that. <laughs> this one is, the subject is titled, My Husband Drunkenly Admitted He Used to Dry Hump His BFF. God. <clears throat> but that's the whole email in the uh, subject. <laughs> you would want it to be. So, <clears throat> hey, dope people. I need hey. some perspective and can't talk to anyone else about this mess. Damn, this is what you want to talk about? Mess with the us, the friends, all? <laughs> anyway, my husband for seven years shared something with, with me while emotionally drinking, and I don't know how to take it. <laughs> you don't either. Um, brief backstory. Stop. Or maybe he do. <laughs> Okay. When I first met him, he was very homophobic and finally grew the F up after many conversations where I voiced my love for the LGBTQ and preached about how sexuality uh, falls on a spectrum. He became the understanding and open-minded person I love today. However, he's still very uncomfortable seeing men kiss and would literally become disgusted if he happens to glance at gay porn. Happens to glance I, at gay porn. I just, I'm trying, let me just try to get it's through it. It's just on and happens to glance at gay porn. Let me just try to get through it. We'll come back. <clears throat> His obnoxious reaction to anything gay has annoyed me for a long time, but since now, he is very <sighs> respectful towards gay men. I have let it slide. So my recent dilemma occurred during Pillow Talk. He told me when he was young, he used to play around and hump his best friend. I can't help but think that's why he's so uncomfortable seeing gay porn because it reminds him of when he used to dry hump and makes him question his past or present sexuality. I responded to him sharing something very intimate by saying that's a normal thing to do as a preteen, but it's really throwing me off. I've never questioned his sexuality until now, and I don't know why he would have never shared this with me after we've been together for so long if it's not something he's harboring. Should I be concerned that there's something he's not sharing when it comes sexually? Please help. P.S. Please be brutally honest. You won't have to worry about breaking us up or, or anything. I just need someone's opinion. 
Well, I wasn't worried about that anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be truthfully honest. Oh. Um, second of all, I think that, um, I don't know, I think you were comfortable with everything when he was like, no, 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 no. And the minute that he admitted to something, now you questioning every damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really don't even think the problem is necessarily him. It's you. What did you want from him? You pushed and prodded until, until, I mean, you kept drilling it into him how it was wrong for him to be anti this behavior. But now that he told you that when it really, I mean, come on, it don't even matter. You know what I mean? At that point, and you, he told you something so insignificant is what I'm trying to say that happened from his childhood. And now you're acting, you're questioning your whole relationship based on something that happened to him as a preteen after you've already told him it was normal. I just think it's very hypocritical, and I think deep down inside you have the issue with it, not him. And I think that you need to be realistic when you open the door and say, come on in. You know what I mean? And he walked into the room. That's what happens. So you have to deal with that, and you need to work out whatever it is inside of you that's making you question him when he's your whole entire husband, and he told you about this during pillow talk. And why? what the hell you mean he gets uncomfortable when he sees gay porn? <laughs> why should he be comfortable watching gay porn? He shouldn't be comfortable watching right? it. Isn't that the point? It's not for him to watch. It's for people that, that like gay sex. So why do you even want that. him to see it? So I just don't like none of this, friend. So you got to, <laughs> come on, friend. Like, you got to, come something, help me. <laughs> so we can help them. Because I really want it to work out. I just don't get none of this. I mean, I think, you know what I find gets tricky in relationships? People will ask each other to be completely honest. Show me your whole self. Show me your whole self. And then when people you. do, they're like, it. wait, no, not like that. Oh, wait, no. Nah. Y- you know, you can't. <laughs> Take that back. Right. And I think... You know, that's why I kind of laugh when I see um, people in relationships that they'll be like, I just want you to be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to date someone who will give me his heart. And I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Because that comes with a lot of chapters and stories and triggers And and, and circumstances. And, you know, I when I used when I've been deconstructing men because that's who I deal with. Breaking them down. Right. Okay. I, I used to be like, I want someone who will just be himself and be completely truthful. And then I got that. And I was like, holy shit. I don't know if I'm ready. Too much truth. Yeah. When they start telling you everything that they've been through and why they are the way they are. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. Right. And, you know, I think if you're like Dustin said, if you're prodding and, and, and poking and trying to get these details out, what's the purpose if you're going to make someone feel weird about it? You know, you have to make sure you're ready for someone's whole heart if that's what you, in actuality, are looking for. And Because a whole heart is not going to be just y'all hugging in bed and being like, I love you, you know, and telling you their hopes and dreams. It's going to be a lot of little skeletons and not-so-nice things. And I think people... Yeah, and I think... You know, for you to have gotten this far and already be worried, <laughs> like all he said was that he humped someone. That when he was like twelve, preteen, right? That and, means twelve, and that's being generous. And he probably stopped himself because I'm sure you reacted. You know what I mean? He you probably was girl, like, "Let me not say nothing." Work like that. <laughs> and what does it mean? You know what I mean? Oh it doesn't God. mean anything. I think you guys. This reminds me of the the uh, insecure episode, remember, right. oh, with yeah. the guy Molly was right. dating, and he was all cool and confident about it, and she's the one that ended up losing her shit. 
you know, ask yourself why it's making you question everything. What is it about it that is so uncomfortable? Maybe both of y'all just need to have a really completely like on the table, honest ass conversation. <laughs> Asante. I don't think that he's gay at all. I, I just don't. I mean, you typed a very strange email, some very odd things in here. But I just think that it is one of those things he told you. And, like, again, he was a preteen. Like, he was just trying to get his rocks off. He didn't know what it meant or how it felt to mean. Like, it was just that. It wasn't, I hate to say boys will be boys, but I think that (laughs) it was something he drunkenly told you because it was probably something he felt was, like, a deep, dark secret. But that was literally just it. I don't think he was trying to clue you in that he fucking somebody on the weekends or whatever else you looking to get out of it. So I say all that to say, don't try to have no threesome with no dude to try to figure out if he really likes it or not. Oh, Don't gosh. go searching for no shit or set him up with some shit. Because when you start setting people up and putting shit in front of them, you might be trying to, you might not realize that you might be pushing them into some shit. And yeah, projecting. They're not even trying to get into at right, all. Right, like, right. He might, he literally probably just told you that because, I mean, I doubt it. But that could have been his deepest, darkest secret he had. <laughs> and he felt like he needed to tell you I'm drunk and what was the best way. I doubt that he was trying to be like... Damn, I've been married for seven years. I'm, I'm getting that craving again. Like, like I, I don't think that's what it was. But I'm not a professional. I'm not a straight man. They used to hunt kids back in the day or nothing like that. Like, I just, I'm telling you, I don't think this equates to homosexuality. If everything's still working with both of y'all sexually, unless you don't want fucking them because you think about this, um, then, you know, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. You got to chill, Shit. Babe. You, just, yeah, you, you got to chill out. And get you out of your head. Let you this need go. to get in the freezer. <laughs> you gotta chill out fast. Go to go to the DQ uh for real. <laughs> for real. She gotta she needs to go to the ice bar. You know that, uh, that fort <laughs> oh, below whatever it yes. is where they give you the fur coat. Go in there and just And get and it someone humping someone is not the craziest shit someone child, could tell you. Friend, as, a child, as a child. That is not the craziest he thing. Could've, he could have been like, oh, If yeah, those are his college. skeletons and shit, I'll take it. <laughs> or he could have told dude. you I actually like that gay porn. What's up? Right. <laughs> hey, go back, go back, go back. Like, <laughs> like what? Oh hell no, nigga. Wait, like, but I missed that part. They were were they watching it together? Like she never oh, was clear she about said, that. Why was he glancing at gay porn? I can't help but think that's why it makes him uh so uncomfortable seeing gay porn because it reminds him of when he used to uh, dry hunt. But it's like she is really Well, I guess she just kinda way too much. He still yeah. oh, it's still not I don't think it's just seeing and kiss and would literally become disgusted if it happens if he happens to glance at gay porn. How I guess maybe maybe they watch porn Ooh. together and they be picking and choosing. Oh, when it like comes up it. on the screen. Well, you know, some of the websites to be mixed for a second. Only if you looked at and it. And he'd be like, oh, that picture. Let's be clear. Them ads are motivated by what you click. I mean, Uh-oh. that's true. <laughs> but I mean, so which one, but which she, one of y'all? But what if she was the one that be watching it <laughs> right. sometimes and now the ads be, oh, Which no. is a whole other Now, letter. you know what? Now, you need to be asking yourself, are you trying to have a gay husband? And be honest with yourself. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> No, yeah, I just need terrible. to talk. That that's really all it is. Way to end that. You don't want to have a gay husband. But make sure you're ready for what you trying to talk about. Because exactly. it seems like you're not emotionally ready for those conversations. No. Girl! Girl! <laughs> Remember Candy? <laughs> girl. girl! Girl! I hate that they show that one back. Me too. And I think about the pompous... Never mind. Let me just be quiet. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> Go ahead, Asante. I'm sorry. That's well, it, right? That's it. Um, best of luck to you. Uh, seven more years. <laughs> now we're going to get into the black business of the week. Mm-hmm. I would like to shout out OK Oko Farms. Uh, that's OKO Farms. Uh, 
Yemi Amu, I hope I am saying that right, emailed the show. She's actually a black woman. She has a black woman-owned farm in New York City. Hey. She's a big fan oh. of the show, and she emailed. She says, I'm the owner and operator of Oco Farms, the only black-owned and woman-led urban farm in New York City. On my farm, we raise a variety of vegetables, herbs, flowers, and fish in a recirculating ecosystem called aquaponics. Mm. Can in I a- intern? I want to work there. You, in addition to growing food, we offer a variety of educational workshops for both children and adults that teach wellness, culinary mm. education, and, of course, food cultivation. Check out our website at www.okofarms.com. Please add to your roster of awesome black-owned businesses. And we ch- and we will. Not only will I add you to the roster, I'm coming to visit. Yes. Like, for real. I was looking at the website, and there's, like, literally, like, fish in the pond and one of the things and all the... And it actually looks like a really... I hate to be like that, but it looks like a really cute farm, like a, a dope facility. Yeah, and it and sounds it's like cool a light up. They, they use the the wastes, right? The fish wastes mm-hmm. as fertilizer for like their plants and vegetables. So it's like an ecosystem that she's created. It's that so cool. So, and it just keeps, it's a, it's, I want to work there. Aquaponics is a sustainable method of fish farming that recycles fish waste to produce organically grown vegetables. That's Simply so put, cool. aquaponics is a combination of aquaculture and soil-less plant cultivation. Yo, that is the coolest shit I've heard in so long. I legit want to intern for her. It. What's her name? Her name is Yemi Amu. That's Yemi Amu, yes. please let me intern for you. I'm only going to be in, around for like two or three weeks this summer, but I will work for <laughs> you. You know what? She does partnerships, though. I low-key wish we could do like a friend zone thing, like a friend zone plant day or something. Dude, it looked like I want to learn day. from her. That sounds I brilliant. I can't wait to learn more. What's like, the website again? That's okofarms.com. Yeah. And the fish looks so dope. <laughs> I, I want one. Like, I want, you uh, mean, you know, come through with the fam. Teach us how to do this up in Harlem. Oh, true. If we had one of these if y'all can have Harlem, a goddamn igloo, you can put. I'm telling you, look, <laughs> we, can get the, we can get the aquaponics if we yeah. can get the igloo, okay? <laughs> so thank you so much for emailing into the show. And don't forget to email us if you have a black business and you'd like to be considered for being featured. Word. That's the end of this week's show. It's over. Yeah, do you guys have any church announcements before we get out of here? I don't, but I will soon. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Asante? I have some projects coming up that I can't really talk about right now. You You sure do. (laughs) You know, I've been very busy. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to see how busy I've been, you know, you can also see me this Saturday opening for Kid Fury's Free Thoughts Live in New York City. Can't wait to see y'all up out of here. You know what I'm saying? New York is always a blast. Y'all the fam. Come chill. Be fam bam. We got this thing. Yay, Chicago. I will see you this weekend on Saturday and Sunday for my wellness retreat, Supernatural Wellness. And that's it for me. Everything else I can't really talk about yet. Not until around July. I have some good news for you guys. Um, Yeah, and that's it. That's it for this week's show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you found it helpful and useful. And we love you. See you guys next week. Bye. Stay back and protect your magic. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.